On today's show, Luka Doncic and Christian Wood injury updates. One of them good, one of them not so good. What do we learn from that? And then, do the Dallas Mavericks have to make a trade? What's the latest? Talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks. Welcome to the Mavericks. don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day and being part of the show with us. If you're listening every day, you are part of the Raccoon Squad. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show, listen every day and comment anything below. Let us know what's one deal. Make a prediction in the YouTube comments. Make a prediction. What's one move you think happens? We can do NBA or Mavericks too. What's one trade you think happens? Uh, coming at you solo today, I, we are continuing to do our trade deadline dash. What we've done in the past with drafts and free agency and all kinds of different stuff, we will give you a podcast every single day up until the trade deadline. And then if they make a trade, possibly afterwards too. We're still going to give you post-game shows after every single game as well. And so today I'm coming at you with a couple of news things. News for the Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, described as day-to-day. If a, if a star player like Luka Doncic is going to get injured and the whole fan base breaks down in just panic, and the next day, if you can hear one phrase about an injury and feel good about it the next day, it's day-to-day. <laughs> that is like the best-case scenario, at least from my point of view. Uh, our, our doctor friends may disagree with me, but... Day-to-day is the best one you can hear. Like, this is the best-case scenario, I think, for an intro like that. They were just making it precautionary to keep him out of that game against the Suns. It paid off. The Mavs won the game. And now Luka got, you know, some some rest on that. We'll see how many games he missed. The Mavericks' schedule coming up is uh, is tough. Uh, some would say it would define the season. <laughs> some, some may disagree with that. Um, but now you're looking at, okay, well, Mavericks have the day off today. They play Saturday at Utah, so they're traveling to Utah. They play Monday, so then get another day off. Then Monday, home for Detroit. That one, even without Luka, winnable. Definitely winnable. The Utah game without Luka is, is going to be tough. Detroit game is a winnable game. So if it's if it's something where the Mavericks are, all right, he's day-to-day. We're going to keep him out for a little bit. I'm looking at that New Orleans game, Thursday, February 2nd. So he's out like a week. And being out a week is two, is two two extra games. He's already been out for the Phoenix, so maybe we'll count that as three. And I think that's best case scenario. Woj also described it as a mild. The Mavs described it to Woj as a mild sprain. Which, hey, that's that's good. <laughs> he can recover from that. They can work with that. Casey Smith. We know we put our trust in in Casey Smith, the Mavs head of. Uh, I think it's like player medicine or player player bodies. I don't, know, I don't know what his official title is, but it's not head trainer anymore. It's like something even higher up than that. So good, good uh, news today from Luka Doncic. So everything we talked about yesterday about will Luka miss extended time? Doesn't look like it's going to be extended. Looks like it's going to be some time, but not extended, which is great. That's best case scenario. Also with Luka, voted as an all-star starter. Luka Doncic is uh, voted as an all-star starter. He received the most player votes. Huge. 
especially if you're wanting to get a seat at the table somewhere with some players. He was number one in media vote as well. Luka Doncic has been the best guard in the West, according to the media, best according to players. He was number two in fan voting uh, to Steph Curry, and he only was number two by 259,373 votes, which sounds like a lot, but Luka got 500 and or he got 5,500,000 votes. So Steph only got like 5% more votes than Luca. Luca was 200,000 votes away from a clean sweep of the all-star starter spot, which may not mean anything, but I think that it shows just how great Luca has been this year. It validates what he's been doing. Everybody's seeing it. Everybody's acknowledging he's having one of the best seasons in the NBA right now. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, ninth in the NBA, in uh, or ninth among West guards in player rank. He was 23rd in the fan rank, so they didn't they didn't show up for him. A lot of West guards, really tough to get that. Uh, Christian Wood was 10th in the NBA in player rank among West forwards, which is like that's actually pretty good because there's three front court spots and only two backcourt spots. So Wood at 10th is closer to getting it than Dinwiddie at 9th actually. Uh, Wood was 19th in fan voting, so a little higher than than Dinwiddie there as well. Uh, but n- neither got anywhere close <laughs> to getting to getting real votes on it. But that's how the all-star starter voting came out uh, with Luca. St- speaking of Christian Wood, we got also some injury news from Mark Stein about him. Mark Stein said, quote, the Mavericks Christian Wood sideline, sideline for his fourth game Thursday night in Phoenix will miss more time than expected. Thanks to a fractured left thumb on his non-shooting hand, there was initial hope Wood would be back in a lineup this week, but Mavericks coach Jason Kidd said Thursday night that Wood's status won't be updated for another week. So, almost the same timetable as Luca, looking like that I mentioned earlier, saying, okay, he'll be reevaluated or his status won't be updated for another week. That means he's out for the Utah game, the Detroit game, and then home for New Orleans February 7th or February 2nd on that Thursday. That's when we'll see uh, well, at least hear an update on Christian Wood. So we, we won't have Christian Wood for another couple games here. Is anyone feeling like this is a Dennis Smith Jr. situation? Immediately when I saw this diagnosis, when I saw this report, I thought, remember that time Dennis Smith Jr. had a back injury? Now, I do think Christian Wood's actually injured, right? Like that, that's something completely different. Damana Sabonis played through this injury. He's playing through it right now. So... There's different t- severities. We can't judge the severity of what Christian Wood is dealing with, but it does feel like one of those things where, hey, let's hold this guy out. We want to trade him if he's if we're not going to re-sign him. If the Mavericks do think they're, they're not going to re-sign him, hey, we're going to trade him, and so let's just hold him out, not make anything worse, not you know some kind of season-ending injury or something or an injury that keeps him out months where another team that's maybe desperate to get some help right now won't trade for that guy. I, I'm I'm not I'm not putting on the full tin foil tin foil hat, but this is this is one where I'm like, okay, is this everything? Is this news report everything that it, that it said on on face value? Especially uh, maybe especially coming from Mark Stein, who's really close to the Mavs, you know, front office and everything. I just my ears perked up when I saw that one. Uh, but whatever the conspiracy or not ends up being, Christian Wood will be out until pro- probably that New Orleans game. So two more games probably for Christian Wood. Um, the injury news with Luka and, and Christian Wood being out for that extended period of time. This is a really interesting couple of games here. This Utah game, really interesting. The Pistons game, really interesting. We, we talked about yesterday about Dinwiddie was amazing. You saw some new stuff from, uh, from, from Dinwiddie, I thought. The Mavericks playing the same kind of offense. Do they try something different? Do they change it up? Do they try to 
alter their plan? Do they try something something new? Is this finally where Jaden Hardy gets to step up? Is this where Josh Green gets to step up as a ball handler a little bit more? There's been this interesting kind of uh, storyline with Josh Green this year where he's handling the ball a lot more than probably anybody expected. He's been kind of thrust into that role. Luka getting doubled. You have different moments like that. Um, guys just not wanting to drive and penetrate and like actually create some movement with the ball. Josh Green has not been afraid to do that. Does Josh Green get a bigger role now? Uh, I would think about starting. I I, I, would, I, would, I think that the Mavericks will start Josh Green, uh, especially with Luka and Christian Wood out. I mean, it's just really tough. They started him in the, in the second half when, uh, when Luka was out last night. So that's something interesting for Josh Green. Josh Green's definitely a player to watch over the next couple of games here. Jaden Hardy, where does his role fit into this? It doesn't seem to me like Jason Kidd is really committed to Jaden Hardy and this Jaden Hardy experience this year. Jason Kidd has his own developmental timetable for these players, right? Same with Josh Green last year and this year. Same with, you know, uh, bring along Jaden Brunson last year. Like, he's got his own timetable, and it's hard to know exactly what, all right, what do they need to see from Jaden Hardy? You can ask, we can ask. Jason Kidd, like we can ask, hey, what do you got to see from Jaden Hardy to get some minutes? Some minutes, and like I don't always tell you guys the truth. He doesn't. He's not going to tell us exactly what he needs to see from Hardy, but that's somebody to watch. I think over the next couple of weeks here, and so two different injury uh, diagnose, two different injury reports here. Both of them, or one of them, better than the other. The Luca one is obviously great. You should be over the moon about that. The Christian Wood one, interesting. Not te- not terrible, but interesting. So definitely watch the Mavericks coming up. But uh, coming up, let's talk about the trade market. Do the Dallas Mavericks have to make a trade? What's the latest on some of the rumors? We got rumors out of uh, Orlando. We got rumors out of Minnesota. Could the Mavericks be, their Mavericks could be connected to both of those teams. What kind of trades could they make with them? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. It's time to duel. I just wanted to do that without Isaac because I knew he would just crush me for doing that on the podcast. But it's just you and me here. Isaac's not here. So we can do whatever we want. Uh, go check out FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You can get $150 in free bets using the uh, the promo code LockedOn there, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get $150 in free bets when you put down your first $5 bet. Go ahead and check out some of the, um, ooh, to make the playoffs. This one's an interesting one. To make the playoffs, the Mavericks, minus 600 to make the playoffs. They are like guaranteed to make the Warriors, minus 750. Pelicans, plus, or minus 520. Kings, minus 375. Suns minus 290. Interesting odds there to make the playoffs. What's one that stands out to me? Jazz to make the playoffs plus 270. That one's interesting. They're like right on the edge right now. Right in there. Uh, go check out. They have NBA. They'll have NFL stuff for the weekend and all that kind of stuff. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's get into the latest rumors for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Mark Stein dropped his newsletter last night. It's a must-read. It's a must-subscribe for definitely Mavericks fans, just NBA fans in general for sure. And a couple of things he said. It's a seller's market. It is. This is one of the really interesting things about this deadline is that there's so much pressure. The Luka Luka frustration, the fan pressure, the pressure that Mark Cuban probably feels to make this team better, both inside his own heart because he wants the Mavericks to be good good just as much as you guys do. Uh, but that pressure comes in an oh, interesting time because it's not a, it's not a buyer's market. There's not a ton of teams out there being like, hey, we have all these vets that will help your team and we'll just give them away for nothing because we want flexibility or we want you know, planned powder. There's not a bunch of teams trying to do that right now. 
Expiring contracts don't mean as much in the NBA anymore. So Mark Stein said, you know, it's a seller's market. Detroit, for example, is still holding on. They want an unprotected first-round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich. That's a, that's a steep price, and the Mavericks aren't going to be willing to pay that, I don't think. Uh, he's 33, going to be 34 years old in April, so by, by next season, he'll be 34. Like, he's getting to an age where you're like, All right, I don't know if we, how much more can we expect from him? So maybe you're getting one, two years out of a guy that you're giving a first-round pick for. Like that. That's tough. That's interesting. Uh, who will take that risk? The other one was uh, Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports said that the Bulls want two future first-round picks for Alex Caruso. That's ridiculous. Like that, that is a ridiculous amount. But this is what teams are asking. There's all these buyers out there, all these teams, especially in the West, that are looking and saying, "Hey, we're like one move away from being in that top four, top five in the West." The Mavericks feel like that. They should. Luka Doncic comes back, and his team is like right there. Uh. Also, the Rockets still want a first-round pick for Eric Gordon. So it is, the prices are steep right now. There's going to be bidding wars. There's all this kind of weird stuff. And so where do the Mavericks stand? Do they have to make a move? I think they do. I think they have to make some kind of move. They have to change things up. They have to do what they did last year, change things up, figure out how to um, just move some pieces around. I don't think they have a ton of assets to put into the put into some kind of Bogdanovich trade or if they wanted to go do an Alex Crusoe, but it's going to have to be flipping some parts. So how do they flip some parts? Um, one of the rumors that came up, Eric Pincus of um, of Bleacher Report said that teams interested in adding help at guard include Dallas, both Los Angeles teams, Miami, Minnesota, Orlando, Phoenix, Toronto, and Washington. Like, all those teams wanting to add guards. <laughs> that's that's the other thing you're up against. If you're the Mavericks, you're not the only team out there being like, you know, it'd be really nice if we had another ball handler. You know, it'd be really nice if we could just get somebody else to help us that can create their own shot. They can, they can also defend, right? Like every single team in the NBA wants that, but specifically those teams have been asking for it. Um, and so that's what you're up against. Uh, one of the things that, that, that popped up in, an, in another Eric Pincus report from Bleacher Report said that, um, you know, I don't think that the Wolves want to reinvest in D'Angelo Russell. So that combination just isn't clicking for them. He's an expiring contract. So an expiring contract, if it doesn't mean much for the Mavericks, then it shouldn't mean much for the Wolves either, especially if they're not going to bring him back. So they got to get him, they got to trade him for something. It's a it's a Christian Wood situation for them as well, right? So maybe the Mavs do figure out some kind of way to to swap those. Like, hey, let's do a Tim Hardaway for, for D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, you have to add some other salaries from the Mavericks there. That's an interesting one. Helps the Mavericks with a little flexibility, switches up the pieces again. Maybe you can get D'Angelo Russell at a cheaper price than you would have for uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. going forward. That's something That's something to look at. He's somebody that could definitely come off the bench, run a second unit. You don't want to put too much trust in, into D'Angelo Russell because he's going to let you down, especially on the defensive end. He's going to let you down with mistakes. Um, but that's a move the Mavericks could make to shuffle some pieces around to try and get something. So uh, D'Angelo Russell, definitely somebody I'd be watching. And, you know, sources, you know, uh, possibilities for various landing spots, according to Eric Pincus, have been the Heat, the Suns, the Clippers, and the Mavericks. He mentioned the Mavericks as one of the teams that could be in on uh, D'Angelo Russell from the stuff he's hearing. Mark Stein, though, said, quote, the Magic are welcoming trade inquiries for Mo Bamba. Oh, oh, Mo Bamba trade rumors. Here we go again. This is like the eighth year in a row, it feels like, Mo Bamba trade rumors, and the Mavs may be connected to it. Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, RJ Hampton ahead of the deadline. League sources say Ross is a player. Sources say rival teams are monitoring as a potential buyout candidate if no trade materializes. So those are, honestly, three of those players, Mo Bamba, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, could all help the Mavs right now. 
RJ Hampton's an interesting, he'd be more of a flyer. I know that he has ties here in Dallas and uh, I've I've heard that his dad really wants him to play in Dallas and that RJ Hampton wanted to play in Dallas back at the draft. So that's something that maybe could be, could happen, but I don't think RJ Hampton's helping the Mavs this year. I think he'd be one of those flyers. You put him in that group with Hardy and, and Josh Green and, um, you know, some of the younger players and you're like, all right, well, let's see, let's see if we can get something for this flyer. Let's see if he can turn into something. But the other guys, Mo Bamba, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, interesting guys to look at. They fill some needs for the Mavericks. Gary Harris is definitely past, um, definitely past his, his prime right now. Maybe not age wise. He's still only 28. That <laughs> should be like right in his prime, but, um, he had that one really good season and he got paid a little early. He had that one really good season in Denver where he started a bunch. Then he got traded for Aaron Gordon. And now he's been in Orlando. He's been injured a lot. He's only played 20 games this year. And, uh, but he would be a defensive guy that maybe could hit a couple of threes for you. And, uh, his three point shot has been kind of up and down in his career. He's over the last couple of years here. He's averaged like 38% from threes. It's pretty good. That, so for a defensive wing coming off the bench, that's definitely something the Mavericks need if you want. All right, let's, you know, maybe if they're going to make a deal that Bullock is in or if they're going to make a deal that Tim Hardaway Jr. is in, you're like, all right, we need one more we need one more wing or one more guard-type wing off the bench. Gary Harris would be somebody to look at. Um, Terrence Ross, 6'6". Uh, he's an expiring contract. He can definitely score. He's going to be 32 years old by the trade deadline, so... He's getting to the end here for of, of his career in a, in a sense. And so he would be a guy that if the Mavericks went out and, all right, they're trading Tim Hardaway Jr., they need some more scoring off the bench, Tr- Terrence Ross is a guy that could fill that. Mo Bamba, he's an interesting one. Mo Bamba has kind of been around for, it seems like a long time. He was in the Dennis Smith Jr. draft. The Mavericks were going to, or no, he's in the Luka draft. The Mavericks going to probably take him or Wendell Carter Jr. if they didn't get, or they were going to take him if, uh, if they didn't get Luka, I think. And so... He's 24 years old, seven feet, can shoot the three a little bit, can can block shots at the rim. He's not going to be that center answer that you want. He's maybe a lo- more of a long-term um, project for the Mavericks, but I think he would help. I think he would help right now, especially with the Mavericks, with Maxi out, with Christian Wood out. If they're going to trade Christian Wood and you need some kind of guy in, you know, to defend the rim, like just, just somebody, like some kind of answer. He's had some injury problems in his career, but... I'm looking at all those guys. I'm like, all right, how can the Mavericks get in on this? And how can they give Orlando something that they want that's not a first-round pick? Orlando's going to want to start winning soon. They've got Paolo Bencaro. They've got Franz Wagner. Both of them all-stars in the future, for sure. They've got a bunch of other pieces around these guys. I think they, they're going to want some vets now. I think they're going to want to try to push some pieces here and there and maybe some long-term ones because they're not going to be able to sign free agents, I don't think. Orlando's not really a destination. Never since, like... Tim Duncan flirted with them and almost went there a while ago. Has Orlando really gotten big free agents? Here's a trade I got. Tim Hardaway Jr. for Terrence Ross and Mo Bamba. Just straight up. Just say, hey, we'll give you... Orlando gets a long-term vet that's signed for another three years. A shooting guard that can actually play off the ball. They've got all these guards on their team that have to have the ball in their hands. They have uh, Markel Foltz, Cole Anthony, um... Jalen Suggs, they, like they have all these guards. They're like, all right, well, we got RJ Hampton's kind of one of those guys too. Bancaro, Franz Wagner, they they they're best with the ball in their hands at times. So let's get somebody that can shoot off the dribble, that can be a a, a sniper, a three point shooter. They don't have anybody on their team that takes more than four and a half threes a game. <laughs> they don't have anybody like that. So if you want somebody like that, Tim Hardaway is exactly that guy. Doesn't need the ball in his hands. 
can, you know, can can find the open space, play off of all those playmakers that they have. I think that would be a guy that would and a veteran. He's a little bit older that can help this team. He's been in the he's played in the playoffs, all that kind of stuff that can help a team. Um for the Mavericks. Mavericks get the scoring ring, wing replacement. You get Terrence Ross, a little bit bigger than Tim Hardaway Jr., can fill it up and uh, can get his own shot a little bit better than Tim Hardaway Jr. Not as good of a spot-up shooter, still a good shooter, but not as good of a spot-up shooter and uh, can get his own shot a little bit. And so then you're thinking, okay, then now all of a sudden we, you know, we've replaced Tim Hardaway scoring a little bit and we get Mo Bamba and Mo Bamba hopefully helps the, the, the center rotation because right now needs some help. Mavericks are just not playing centers. Now <laughs> got JaVale McGee just hanging out on the bench because they can't play him. Maybe Mo Bamba becomes that guy. He can shoot the three. He can block a shot. Can he be the answer that maybe is not like a 30 minute a game center, but can he at least fill up 20 minutes of that, that time do something for the Mavericks in certain matchups? Could he be the answer where, all right, we're playing Dwight Powell. It's not working. We need some spacing. Put Mo Bamba, Mo, Mo Bamba out there, and he can add the spacing. Or Mavericks getting destroyed at the rim, and the Mavericks, are just they just can't block any shots. Pa- Powell's getting beat over the top. Christian Wood's getting beat around. Maybe it's Mo Bamba that comes in and can block some shots. Dallas gets the big man flyer, and they get the scoring wing in that trade. I, I honestly think that trade could happen. I look at that trade and I say, okay, Mavericks also get off some long-term money. Maybe they decide to invest in Mo Bamba. Maybe they just let him go, right? All of a sudden, you now, you have your, um, you know, Tim Hardaway is out and then you figure out what to do after that. Another trade, if you want to do something different, is Gary Harris and Mo Bamba for Tim Hardaway Jr. That works as well. But Mavs are taking back a little bit of money in that deal. So you could also send JaVale McGee to the Magic too. Magic could use probably a center like that. They've got Wendell Carter. They've got Bull Bull. Um, but to replace Mo, what Mo Bamba has been for the Maver- for, to the Magic this year, maybe it's JaVale McGee. So Tim Hardaway and JaVale McGee for Gary Harris, Mo Bamba. And uh, what the Mavericks get is they get, you know, the defensive wing. So they get another defensive wing off the bench. They could always use more of those. He can still hit a three. That's what the Mavericks want. You get the big man flyer and Mo Bamba that we talked about. And then for the Magic, you get all the stuff I said about Tim Hardaway. You get JaVale McGee as the replacement. Another vet. A vet in that Orlando Magic locker room. I think those are two trades that could happen. Tim Hardaway for Terrence Ross and Mo Bamba or Tim Hardaway and JaVale McGee for Gary Harris and Mo Bamba. Let me know in the comment section what you think about those trade ideas. Do the Mavericks have to make a trade? Let me know in the comment section below. And then uh, Isaac will be back with the post-game episode tomorrow talking about the Mavs versus Jazz game. I'll be back Sunday breaking down all kinds of new trade stuff. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!